You're listening to The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio, starring Dan Peck. Have you seen the card for the New Japan show tomorrow? It's going to be sweet. Eric Flores. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. And CKCC Radio's founder, Chris O'Mealy. Breaking news. I have a crush on Sasha Banks. Listen to CKCC Radio wherever you find your favorite podcast. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to another fun-filled edition of The Nerd Table. We're going to have a special yearly celebration of the year 1982 for episode 82 to celebrate the year that our beloved Dan was brought into this world. I am your host, Chris O'Mealy, joined, of course, by the fine gentleman known as Eric Flores. Hello, Eric. How are you doing? Very good, sir. I'm doing just fine. And I would just like you to know that I shot some footage for my job this past week. They required me to chug a Monster Energy as part of it. It was absolutely disgusting, and I never want to drink that shit again. Okay, so, one, I cannot drink the normal Monster. Like, had I, if that was the drink that introduced me to Monster, I would not drink it. So I agree with you. But they're the white can, zero sugar, or the green apple, or sorry, the sour, sour apple is fucking mm, beautiful. I will take your word for it. And also joining us, of course, the man born in 1982, the incomparable Dan Peck. Yeah, don't even try to compare me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's all he has for that. Okay. All right, cool. So, uh, we've got a fun-filled episode planned for you guys here today. We're going to take a look back at 1982. Uh, before we get to that, I would just like to give a quick shout-out here. We are recording this episode on Sunday, April the 3rd, which means we have a very special birthday happening right now. A very happy birthday to our friend of the show, a loyal patron. He hosts three podcasts here on CKCC Radio that you can check out. Real Paranormal Talk, Ranking Tracks, and Reviews by Jeff. He's also a published author. He has six books that you can currently buy on Amazon.com. He is our good friend, Jeff Trelowitz. Jeff, happy birthday, my friend, and I hope you are having a wonderful day. Happy birthday, good buddy. I was kind of hoping you were just going to end it at yup. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> All right. Well, there's your happy birthday wishes from me and from Eric, which almost didn't happen. And, of course, Dan had his own way of doing it. He started the thread because people should get a thread. Uh, group members, let me know when your birthday is coming up so we can celebrate you in the group. Yeah, I only go by when I pop on Facebook and their name pops up, so you have to be my friend for me to see it. Yeah, so for like the 10 or 11 of you that are not friends with me on Facebook, let me know when your birthdays are if you'd ever like a shout-out. Although uh, Dan can cover a couple of you, like old Chris McGinnis. But some of y'all I have your birthdays memorized. And some of y'all... I forget that you're even born that month, and all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, happy birthday. 
buddy. Be- like, I know my grandmother who lived with me for like the last 12 years. I know her birthday is in September. I don't know which day in September, but it's in September. <laughs> is it like one of those family celebrations where you just celebrate the whole fucking month? No. Uh, I just don't know <laughs> the number. I can't my, my fucking memory is terrible as well. I know yeah. my aunt's because she makes pies and her birthday is pie day. So that's All right, that's cheating. <laughs> that's, a, that's too easy to remember. See, I remember certain birthdays because they're associated with other things that just trigger my memory. For example, I always knew The Undertaker's birthday because it was March 24th. March 24th also happens to be the day of my childhood cat growing up was the day she was born. So that was just an easy one to remember. I remember uh, Adrian Cotton's birthday very easily. It's the same as yours. (laughs) Yes. Not the same year, mind you, but but yes, uh, so that's another one that I easily remember. Um, and I do apologize for forgetting some of my friends' birthdays because I do have a pretty bad memory. But here's what's kind of funny about the whole celebrating the year thing. Dan, how many days were you alive in 1982? Uh, approximately 16. There you go. It still counts. counts. (laughs) We're going to celebrate a year that Dan was barely in, but he was born there. So, well, I'm almost in the same boat. I'm a November baby and born in 1984. I was only alive for a month and a half of 1984, but you know, it's, it's still my year. Really. I should celebrate 1985, but we're doing that with Eric. And even even Eric, you're not you're you're closer to the end of the year than you are the beginning. So, yeah, that's true. Because you're a September baby. So, like I, when this happens, I think about my my friend Vivian. Shout out to her. Her birthday's January third. So the year she was born, she can actually celebrate that year. She only didn't exist for two days of it. <laughs> so, two days and change. Which is funny too, because you can be like. If you're born December 31st and your friend is born January 1st, even if you are literally a day apart, you have a completely different year. That's how it works. Time. Time is a bitch. But so we're going to do a celebration of 1982. We're going to do some video games because it's been a while since I've updated the list and I don't remember where I left off because I never do. And then you guys will ch- will pick one live. We have an entertainment challenge to get through. And maybe some other stuff. I have no idea. Do, do we ever have a plan for this show? Oh, we have more of a plan this week than most. Well, that, Yeah, that's true. But, uh, but real quick, I just want to give a special shout out to my home state of New Jersey that I just spent some time in. A wonderful place to visit. The home of Bon Jovi and Bruce Springsteen and Taylor Ham and real pizza. Don't at me. Because the pizza's phenomenal. And I know how much uh, everybody out there loves New Jersey because it's the greatest state in the country. Or the peop- so the people that t- live there will tell you. Although, they will also tell you they can't wait to get out of it. So, take, uh, take whatever part of that you want to work with here. Uh, they got snow yesterday. Up in the county where I grew up, and I'm very happy I was not there to witness it. And when I say snow, I mean, like, 
actual accumulation snow, not like, oh, look, here comes some flurries down. No, full on well, white I on mean, the ground. That is a uh, well, ski resort town, so that would happen. It's also the highest point in the state, hence why it's called High Point. They're like, check out what's around the monument right now. Hence oh. why there's ski resorts there. <laughs> Like I said, I'm destined to live my entire life in tourist places. You're either coming for the ski resort, or you're coming for the theme parks, or you're coming for the Amish. Or the Cartoon Network Hotel that apparently doesn't belong here. Are we, are we, we should just bring that back once a week now. I mean, it's obvious, I mean, obvious by the fact that it isn't working. <laughs> yeah, because there was an article that was like, it's not doing as well as we hoped we, it would do. Well, not not in the right spot, and it's not well done, apparently, as well. So, right, because you said it's only got like pictures and murals and stuff. There's not like characters walking around, or I mean, I've seen. I don't. I don't know all the Cartoon Network shows. I think it's a Amazing World of Gumball. I've seen people dressed in like those full character suits. Taking okay. pro- taking promotional pictures, but that doesn't mean it's like the whole Mickey Mouse thing where you just walk in and there he is. So I have I have no idea. I don't know how it works. Uh, I'm out of the hotel industry, and I don't plan on going back. So now an adult swim hotel. Well, that. But that would probably have to be like in Vegas or something. <laughs> the guy checking you in just looks like Carl. I would actually love that. You want actually... someone to grab your bags and what? Oh, look, uh, here comes another human to get a room to satisfy their need for sleep. Sleep? Yeah. Sleep with sleep can spank with moon rocks. Yes, we don't sleep on the moon. I like how we went just for Aqua Teen Hunger Force and not even, like, any other adult swim show. That not was... even Rick and Morty, our favorite adult <laughs> Or Robot <swim>. Chicken. <laughs> no, that was the one we went with. Because I used to love that show. It was so stupid. So stupid. But yet, you, you can't stop watching it. He is legend. He is legend. So, I had a, I had a phenomenal weekend, and I want to make it even better by hanging out with you fine folks. So let's talk about the year of Dan's birth, 1982. And Dan went ahead and did some research on this year. Uh, probably more than I'm going to do for my episode. About if, you want me, if you want me to do your year. Yeah, you know what? Why, why don't you just do it for both me and Eric? Because we're not going to do it. <laughs> like, I already know Eric's not going to do it. And if he's not doing it, I'm definitely not doing it. Because we rival each other when it comes to laziness and procrastination. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm ahead, though. <laughs> I'm not. I'm actually not about to contest that. This is a contest over who's the most lazy. Yeah, except do you actually win, or how do you win, or how do you lose that? Well, you've just you've crossed state lines today, so you've automatically lost today's contest. I did. I did. I just walked the dog around the, the not even the neighborhood, just the house. All right. Yeah, you got me beat already. <laughs> because I mean, I haven't left the house. But I barely left the house for the over. I barely left the house for over two years now. So look at this, Eric. It was a race between you and me, and then Dan just cut in, passed us, and then lapped us immediately. Well, <laughs> son of a bitch. Since like two weeks before the pandemic started. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, Dan, where do, you, where do you want to start with this list on 1982? Oh, man. Where do you guys want to You want to talk music? You want to talk movies? You want to talk awards? Let's just go down the list because you, you made a pretty nice list here. So let's just go down and discuss 1982. I'm so good. We're starting with historical moments in world or U.S. history. Uh, in November, Michael Jackson's Thriller was released, one of the best albums of all time. Oh, that's got to make Eric happy. Yeah. Eric, what is your favorite Michael Jackson song? Do oh, you have one? I don't one? know, man. Like, um, it, it's, it's really funny because the Michael Jackson song that got me into Michael Jackson was a collab with him and Janet Jackson. Okay. Uh, Scream. I, I think it was the name of Okay. The that late. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean. You're never too late to become a fan of something. And then I had to go back and listen. But that's like literally one of his last songs. And this is just strange. Well, yeah, but I wasn't around. Like, I didn't listen to the Jackson 5 or anything like that. And it was literally the first song that I heard. Like, uh, the first Linkin Park song that I heard wasn't in the end. It was Crawling. Still a good song. I mean, it's still from the same album. I know, but Crawling is an amazing song. (laughs) It is. Okay. So, like, uh, that got me into it, and then I just start, I started listening to all of his stuff, and uh, I, they're all fucking great. And I'm like, this guy, I understand why they call him the King of Pop. See, I know my favorite Michael Jackson song. It's Beat It, Above and Beyond. Beat It is good. Beat It is Not only is it such, it's just a fun hit in general, but it's the, because it, it's, it's all about the beat of the song, right? Like, it's the rhythm, and it gets stuck in your head so easily, and you just want to sing along. And the Eddie Van Halen guitar solo. I know. So good. So good. All right. So that's a great piece of history right there. 1982 thriller. Yeah. Uh, the federal government ordered the uh, breakup of the AT&T monopoly in 1982. Oh. Okay. That was because AT&T slash Ma Bell owned pretty much every single part of, tele- of telephone uh, thing. So you got your physical phone from them. You got your phone line from them. The The pole that it was at was from them. The wire for the pole was from them. Like, every step of telephone anything, they owned a piece of. And the federal government went, nah, you're going to have to become separate companies. Damn. And then, they, they're still on top, somehow. What, what, what did they switch into? Because I remember one of them was like, um, well, one of them's AT and T. One of them was uh, CenturyLink. Was it the other one? I don't know my phone monopoly history, so I'm not going to be able to help you with this one. Okay, they became Nine X Pacific Telesis, Ameritech, Bell Atlantic, Southern Bell, Bell South, and US West. Okay. Here's what I can tell you. Here's what I can tell you about my phone. It's an iPhone. It has Cricket Wireless, and I know what the number is. <laughs> See, so, that's the other thing. Is AT&T stayed on top because they got iPhone first. They had iPhone exclusivity for like almost ten years. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, if that was like a big thing. If you had an iPhone, you had to be an AT&T person. Yes. 
So that's like a big historic because it's like one of the only times that the federal government actually stepped in to stop a monopoly. I know. There are others they should stop, too. And I mean, there I, was a certain company in the early to mid-aughts that probably could have gotten stepped in on. I'm just saying, when it comes to that monopoly, um, I think that hotel on Baltic Avenue is a real rundown and could use some major upgrades. Yeah, man. But the place at Park Place? Top notch. <laughs> Top notch! Man. Uh, also, Late Night with David Letterman debuts on NBC. They gave him the uh, show after Jimmy. Yes. But then eventually when it came time for him to step down, he gave it to Leno, which made Letterman switch to to CBS. Uh, the infamous rivalry began there. Uh, I was always a Letterman guy. Not like as a person, because I know he did some pretty crappy things. But I always enjoyed his show. I have a couple of favorite clips from Letterman. My all-time favorite Letterman clip is uh, when Matt Damon did his Matthew McConaughey impression. Uh, Mr. Soderbergh, I think today's scene would be a really good opportunity for me to take my shirt off. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, he's like, he's like, yeah, gotta come down to where I'm from and uh, down in Austin, Texas and have ourselves a barbecue. And Letterman's like, would I have to keep my shirt on or what? He's just like, well, you know, in the summertime it gets hot, so we'd probably get more chicks if we took our shirts off. It's like the most spot-on impression ever. Look it up. Matt Damon's Matthew McConaughey impression. I know people are going to be like, oh, you didn't say the Andy Kaufman. Yeah, Andy Kaufman was before I was regularly watching. I love the top ten lists. I used to watch with my mom all the time, and then one time I was staying with my uncle. He was taking me into the city to, like, you know, just just to, like, take his nephew out and have some fun. And he's like, he's like yeah, let's put on Leno. He goes, now don't tell your mom I let you watch Leno. Or uh, Letterman. He's like, don't tell your mom I let you watch this. I'm like, I watch it with my mom. <laughs> so, it, it's good. It's all good, I promise. Good old all David right. Letterman. This one is uh, more up your guys' alley. The experimental prototype community of tomorrow has opened. <sighs> wow. Hell yes. Epcot, baby. I, yeah, I was not expecting that fact from Dan, to be honest <laughs> Now, there are two types of people in this world. People who appreciate and understand what a good park Epcot is, and people who are dumb. <laughs> no argument there, I guess. Because <laughs> I'll never forget this. There's, there's my boss standing next to me packing a box in the warehouse, and, he's like, we're, and we're talking about Disney. He's like, yeah, there was one park I really didn't like, and I immediately stop. I'm like, if you say what I think you're about to say, I might quit right now. He's like, why? Which one? I'm like, you better not be thinking Epcot. And he just grins at me. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> He's like, is amazing no, Epcot's friggin' amazing. God, you Epcot haters drive me nuts. The only person who was allowed to get away with shitting on Epcot was the Simpsons when they had the Teacher of the Year award. And they're like, where are we going? To, where are we going? We're going to Orlando, Florida. SeaWorld? No. Universal Studios? No. Oh, crap, I know where we're going, and it turns out it's Epcot, and Homer's like, oh, God, it's even boring from above. <laughs> and then one of the rides is the uh, the car of the, it's like the car of the future, and he's like, I'm electric car, I can't go very fast, I'm not very strong, and if you drive me, people will think you're gay. 
Simpsons is allowed to make fun of stuff. Uh, the rest of you are not. Epcot is amazing. There is no counterpoint to that. You're, you either understand and appreciate Epcot or you're dumb. Next. Um, uh, on a more somber note, the Vietnam Memorial is uh, completely constructed during this year and opened mm. in Washington, D.C. Have you been there? I have not. I have. It is a, it's, it is a very sobering monument to look at, but it's really cool how they did it because they did it in that way so you can pretty much read all the names on it because it's and it's just this long black slab that goes around. Uh, it is very sombering to look at, but it is kind of a masterpiece, so. All right, Vietnam Memorial. Very good. Mm-hmm. What's our next category, Dan? We move to sports. Sports ball, baby. We're going to talk about who who won the thing. The year began with a Super Bowl where the San Francisco 49ers defeated the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, sh- shout out to Danny Jackpot. Poor Bengals. Bengals. They uh they have they didn't have a good year this year either. So well, I mean, they had a good year. It just they, <laughs> yeah, they had a good year. It just didn't end the way they wanted it. And I guess in 1982, the same thing happened. Uh, later in 1982, there's a work stoppage. And there's a few weeks where there's no football. Hmm. In basketball, the Lakers defeated the 76ers to win their championship. Okay. New York oh. Islanders defeated the Vancouver Canucks to win the Stanley Cup. Ugh. Ugh, Islanders. Yeah, sorry. Nope. Not my not my team. And the St. Louis Cardinals defeated the Milwaukee Brewers to win the World Series later that Damn, year. Damn, Milwaukee Brewers in the World Series. That's been a while for them, hasn't it? It's been a while. Well, that would be 40 years ago, Chris. That's not what I meant. I meant that it's been a while since they've been a good team. <laughs> They've had a few good teams lately, just not... I understand the 40-year gap we're discussing, Daniel. This wasn't the point. (laughs) (laughs) Bravo, sir. Bravo. It's not 40 years yet. And, uh, you know, baseball's starting up this coming week, so... Be some cool stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Now to awards. These are the big three, I would say. We're looking at Oscars, Grammys, and Emmys. Who got slapped that year? Uh-huh. <laughs> I just like Eric's reaction to that. This actually would be still in the, in the possible streaker phase of oh, God. award shows. <laughs> Memba? Is that a thing? It was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, they called him the streak. Boogity, boogity. Anyway, your best picture at the Oscars was Chariots of Fire. I haven't seen that movie, but I actually have listened to the soundtrack multiple times. Well, yeah, it's the, that one classic song. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's actually on my playlist, like my my big driving playlist that I just used over the weekend. Like, it's on there. It's in the mix. And then lead actor and lead actress are the leads for On Golden Pond, Henry Fonda and Katherine Hepburn. Okay. They won They won together for the same movie. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then it didn't win Best Picture. <laughs> it had the best actors in it. 
It's always interesting. Best director was Warren Beatty for Reds. And okay. uh, I think I, I put it because it's interesting to at least Chris and I. Albert R. Broccoli won the Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Reward. It's a reward for producers that were outstanding over a long time. And Albert R. Cubby Broccoli was known for producing probably the first 17 or 18 James Bond films. Just having a conversation about the James Bond films over the weekend and like how I've seen them all. I was trying to like describe um, how how you would kind of describe them. And like you have the Connery era, which is pretty good movies. And then in the middle of that, well, in the middle, uh, between five and six of her Connery is the one Lazenby movie, which has the worst Bond actor, but the best Bond story, as Dan has been quoted saying multiple times. Then you have the Roger Moore era, which is seven films, some of them really good, and some of them really bad. You have the two Timothy Dalton movies, which are, you have Living Daylights is like regular Bond fare, and then you have License to Kill, which is like a really, really good movie, and it probably would have been better. Not that Dalton was a bad Bond, but I feel like a, a different Bond actor would have made that movie even better. Pierce Brosnan is just a downward spiral because they just get progressively worse. Not saying bad, but just worse. And then Daniel Craig is a roller coaster because it goes from really good, really bad, really, really good, pretty good and pretty good, but not as good as the two that before them. Dan, is that a fair assessment or? Yeah. Well, you know, they wanted Brosnan to come in, but he couldn't do it because of the um, TV show he was doing, Remington Steel. So they had to get somebody else for the, those two movies, and it was Timothy Dalton. I fucking Can you imagine if, if he would have been it since the mid-'80s? <laughs> I'm only... <laughs> I fucking love that joke on The Simpsons. Hey, how about we put 007's voice on here? You mean George Lazenby? No, Pierce Brosnan. Well, I'm only doing this because he was Remington Steel. Interesting idea for that show is like there was a security company and they were called that and they're like, Can Mr. Remington Steel actually do the job for us? And like hmm. there is no Remington Steel. Only Zool. And then eventually they just had to hire a guy to be Remington Steel. <laughs> Interesting thing. Oh, so, um, oh god, I always, I always hate when I lose my train of thought right when I'm about to start a sentence. Where you're like, this is the concept behind Remington Steel. I remember now. So, my favorite motivational meme I've ever seen was the next time you're feeling down on one of your creative ideas, just remember that somebody once sat in a boardroom and pitched an idea that we should have a movie with a tornado full of sharks. And it's then like, they made seven of them. <laughs> they made seven of them. So the next time somebody doubts your ideas, folks, that, remember. You just have to find like-minded individuals with lots of money. <laughs> Although I, I do question the budget decisions made on that movie, but, you know. All right. Uh, what else happened as far as awards go? We go to the Grammys. So music. Record of the year was Kim Carnes' Betty Davis Eyes. Mm. That song's also on my playlist. Yeah. Betty Davis yeah. Eyes is on the playlist. 
Yeah, it also won a couple other awards as well. But the album of the year was John Lennon and Yoko Ono's Double Fantasy. Let me tell you an album where no songs appear on my playlist. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Wow. John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Yeah, hard pass. Thank you. All right, on to the Emmys, which is TV. Your comedy of the year was Barney Miller on ABC. Okay. Drama of the year, Hill Street Blues on NBC. Now, I have seen some Hill Street Blues. That's a pretty good show. Uh, comedy actor, Alan Alda as Hawkeye Pierce on MASH. Hawkeye Pierce. Very good. Good choice. CBS. Uh, the specific episode they cited was the episode where he gets called to the front and he gets scared he's going to die, and he writes his last will and testament. Very good episode. Uh, your best actress from a comedy is Carol Kane as Simka the Blitz, the Blitz on Taxi. Uh, my parents she, always love that show. She actually isn't a normal cast member. She plays um, uh, Latka's girlfriend, and the specific episode is she comes back into town, but Laka has like a split personality, multiple personality thing, and all his other personalities start hitting on her. Oh, God. Is the episode. It was Andy Kaufman's character, so. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to show off that he had all these characters. Andy Kaufman was a split personality. Uh, best actor in a drama was Daniel J. Travanti as Captain Frank Furlow on Hill Street Blues. So you get best show, best actor on that best show. At least that one worked out. And best actress in a drama is Michael Learned as Mary Benjamin on Nurse on CBS. Never seen that. I think I might have seen an episode or two. I don't know. And yeah, we go to our top five movies of the year. This is based upon uh, how much money they made. We're going to go in reverse order than the the list because they're listed one through five. So Porky's was the number five movie of the year. Classic. Our group of friends go and try to get laid. And a bunch of shit happens. So I almost want to say that can't be done today, but at the same time, they still make movies like that. So. Well, that's the same beginning as, uh, what was it, Red State? (laughs) (laughs) Which teenagers want to get together, try to get laid. It goes a very different way than Porky's does. Yeah, but I mean, from American Pie to Super Bad, like. Every generation has one of those movies, so. But My number four was An Officer and a Gentleman. Uh, never seen it in its entirety, but I've absolutely seen the... Uh... I got nowhere to go! <laughs> and then, of course, the end, which was spoofed, like, very early in The Simpsons. Uh, yeah, as in season one. <laughs> yeah. But what a, what a great movie wife. parody. Car and we're not going to be back for five minutes. <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Good on you, Homer. When did they change the animation style of it? Because I remember the the very first one. I wasn't like a, a huge season fan. two. Season two season? had season two had an immediate change, and, and then they then changed complete companies like in season five or six. Right? Season yeah, four or five is when the animation completely changed. 
And then eventually that became the norm until they went HD. And then they changed it one more time to fit the HD schematic. And it's been that way ever since. But they kept the original, like the animators? As far as I know. Okay. I mean, I, I don't keep track of the Korean sweatshops over there that are animating them, so... They do, they do swap at that one point, like season four or season five. They completely change companies. You know Matt Groening's initials are on Homer's face, right? Yep. No. Oh, Eric, you don't know that? No. All right, look at a picture of Homer Simpson, and oh. where he's got, like, that side profile, right? Yeah, just pull up a – just Google a picture of Homer Simpson real quick. All right. All right, so I'm, I'm going to Google Homer as well. Because I'm assuming the first picture that comes up is the same one you're looking at. He's got his arms folded. He's all happy. All right. Look at his ear and look at the tuft of hair above it. That's an M. The ear is a G. Oh, shit. Yep. And that was done on purpose. Matt Groening did that on purpose to put his initials on his main character. Nice. Yeah. Respect. I respect it. Respect it. Number three movie on Golden Pond, which we talked about earlier, is having the best actor and best actress. Never saw it. And up next is number two, Rocky Three. Might be my favorite Rocky movie. It's either three or four. I go back and forth. But yeah, Rocky Three is really, really good. I need to go back and watch the Rocky. Clubber Lang, baby. And of course, Thunder Lips. Brother, <laughs> good old Hulk, good old Hulk Hogan. Rocky series is like something that I saw when I was too young to actually understand what the fuck was going on. They're so good, dude. Go back and rewatch them. They're so. I, good. I was in high school when I finally like, fully watched. Well, them. okay, um, Rocky Five is not good. I really don't like Rocky Five, but I like I love one through four. I did like Rocky Balboa quite a bit. And I've only seen the first Creed movie, but I enjoyed it, so I know I'm probably going to like the second one, too. I don't know. I, the, what do you think uh, of Creed 2, Dan? Because I know you've seen it. No, I haven't seen any. Oh, you, oh okay. I thought you had. Okay. Any, anything after Rocky V? <laughs> oh, you didn't even see Rocky Balboa. No. Well, bud, you need to get on my Plex, because they're all there. Eric, they're all there on my Plex. Just, just telling you. And four. Okay. And four, good buddy. Number one movie of the year, E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Mmm. Very good. Very good. Classic the 80s, movies. I'm telling you, man, the, the 80s had the best movies. We've had that conversation, yeah. We've had this debate before, and I'm, I'm just like, just going back and saying all this shit just reinforces it. Well, let's go back to music. Well, Top wait, real quick. I just I want to say yeah. one thing about ET. Um, first of all, the 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 redone thing with the flashlights was stupid. So, just, just roll my eyes and at that. Flashlights and walkie talkies. Just roll my eyes at that. Uh, number two, Eric. What does the ET ride smell like? I, we were having this conversation this weekend. What does the ET <laughs> ride smell like? Um, you ever like try to clean behind a sink that has mold, but you can't reach? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a very it's a very wet scent. Yes, 
It it is, and it's not like it's not straight up urine, but like it might as well be. <laughs> oh God! Am I lying though? No, you're not. Just in case <laughs> you were curious, what the ET ride smelled like, folks. And yes, it is still there. Universal hasn't dismantled that one yet. I don't know if they could. Like, think about what's around that building. Kid Zone? The Animal yeah, so Actor Show? Through Kid Zone. I don't know. Do they still use that for fireworks storage back there? I don't know. All I know is they use the Barney Theater for Horror Nights Q line, and it might be scarier than the house itself. There's no decoration. It's just the queue line itself. Just dim the lights a little bit. <laughs> Why is this happening? <laughs> Eric, I think you should join me at Horror Nights this year. Man, I am so strapped for cash. Eric, I, no idea what <clears throat> I wasn't asking. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> I'm strapped for cash. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that this this was this was optional for you. No. You're going to find a way to get your ass down there. And we're going to have drinks. And do spooky stuff. Good? Okay, good. Anyway, back to <laughs> the list. Know. Another uh, ride thing that's creepy that I learned recently? Every once in a while, they have to send someone to cut the hair of the dolls on It's a Small World. Oh, where'd you learn that, Dan? Because the hair grows! Is there a YouTube video that references this recently? No, I actually saw it like in, a, in, a, in an article. But oh. it's, because, it's because it's so, you know, the water, and it's damp, and it expands the hair follicles on the freaking Like, you don't to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like we just did that twenty pictures episode with Eric and mentioned that exact thing. Oh yeah, I haven't watched that. That's what I actually thought you were referencing. I thought you were giving us some self promotion here. Oh no, Eric works there. He's the one that told me that story, and I almost shit a brick when I heard it the first time. Small world's creepy enough as it is. Fucked up shit. I don't need to know the hair grows. I am in music. Top five songs according to Billboard of the year. Centerfold by Jay Giles Band. That's a good song. Where a guy talks about how the girl he liked in high school is now doing porn. <laughs> you know what else is a good song? Center Field. Yes. That is a good song. Is that the best song about baseball? Um, It, might, it very well might be, actually. I don't know. Well, Mr. Burns had won it. The power plant had done it. With Roger Clemens clucking all the while. Okay. That might Number be Number four was Ebony and Ivory by Paul oh, yeah. McCarty Stevie Wonder. That, was yeah, that song is actually about softball, so it's disqualified. <sighs> Fine. So <laughs> Ebony it, and Ivory. Have it your way. I can Simpsons reference anything. Try me one day. You should bust out that game a little bit later and give me some more trivia. 
Number three, I Love Rock and Roll with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Love that song. Only very recently learned it was a cover. I Love Rocky Road. We mentioned Rocky 3 earlier. Well, the song <laughs> from Rocky 3 is number two. It's Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. I thought you were going to go with the, uh, the, the... I thought you were going to do the Weird Al double reference and go with uh, the theme from uh, Rocky Ryer 13. Ryder the Kaiser? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's fat running a deli. Yeah. Uh, Eye of the Tiger is one of those pump you up songs. Like, which is the point, right? Because it was written to be a motivational song. But it's just got that right beat. It, Eye of the Tiger is like an epitome 80s song. It's not the final countdown, but it screams 80s when you listen to it. Love that song. The number one song of the year. A song whose video was censored in some places. <laughs> and that is Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Good Why song, though. The video is people uh, like working out in a gym. And some of the shots are rather suggestive at body parts. So some places were like, that's a little bit too much. It's just working out. And then that Eric Pride song comes out, Call On Me, which is even more close-ups of people working out. All women. That's that a straight-up fuck aerobics. That's a fuck aerobics class. <laughs> I don't remember that getting censored. Good God. All hey, right. Chris, bonus! Bonus! Because we're, because we're Russell boys. Who was WWF champion the entire year of 1982? Ric Flair? Bob Backlund. No. Bob Backlund. Ric Flair wasn't in the WWF in 1982. 1992, however. Bob Backlund's uh, run started December 17th in 79 and ended in December 26th of 83. And you so know why that happened, right? In the middle. Because... Vince wanted Hogan to be the champion, so he took his father's long-term champion, took the belt off him, put it on the Iron Sheik, so that Hulk Hogan could beat the evil Iranian and start the run of Hulkamania. Yep. Uh, great. I know. I already know what trip. Prototype of the uh, transitional champion, because he was Don't. champ for just under a month. Don't even bother bringing that up when we do mine and Eric's years, because I already know it was Hogan. That was part of his four-year run were those years, so. So, okay. So, next question is, who was NWA champion? Uh, there's a lot of people that could actually have been in 1982. Yeah, there was, like, a four or five different people. It was he, I, I would say it was either Ric Flair or Harley Race. So, 82? Yeah. Ric Flair was champion at the beginning of the year, but then he lost it to the Midnight Rider in February. That's unfortunate. Which, of course, was... Which, of course, was Dusty. They immediately turned the title back to Flair, so Flair became champion the same day again. And then in September, Jack Venino wins the belt in Puerto Rico. No, sorry. The Dominican Republic to pop a Dominican crowd. But then they immediately gave it back to Flair the same day. And he held the belt for the rest of that year. Just a reminder, <clears throat> as... Impressive as it sounds to say you're a 16-time world champion, that also means you lost the belt 16 times. 
Bruno San Martino was a two-time champion, and his combined title reign was 11 years. So you tell me which one's more impressive, Bruno or Flair? But as we just mentioned, two times... No. Yeah, two times where it was literally the same day. <laughs> really? And is it just to bolster his numbers at that point? The only reason I guessed Harley, because I was thinking about, like, Starcade, the first Starcade was 83... And I know Harley was in the, the title picture around that time, so I figured it had to either be Flair or Harley Race. So, okay. Very, very good. Um, Dan, you've seen some movies this week, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen six. Why don't you give us I've some... seen six. I watched Murder on the Orient Express, which came out about five years ago. Okay. It is based on the Agatha Christie novel. One of the Peru stories where a murder happens on the Orient Express. Can you believe it? Oh, my God. It is, of course, a murder mystery. So, spoilers. Everyone did it. <laughs> Everyone has a motive to do it. How do you piss off that many people? Were you, uh, um, so, the story is actually very good. Uh Johnny Depp's character is the one who gets murdered. It's because he once broke into someone's house late at night, stole their baby, and then killed it. And pretty much everybody else on that train that night was connected to that family or was a member of that family. And so it was a grand conspiracy for all of them to be on that train that night so they could kill him. The problem was the great Detective Perot was on that train as well. Then there was Death on the Nile, which is the next movie of that series that they're apparently making with Kenneth Branagh as Pero. And... Well, Rebecca saw that one. I, I saw it in passing. Death on the Nile? Yeah, I, I was just like, what are you watching? She said Death on the Nile. I was like, oh, cool. And I remember they both have all-star cast. Gal Gadot is in Death on the Nile. She is the titular death, but not the only death. And in that one, a bunch of people die, but only two people did it. So there's your spoilers. <laughs> but figure out which two. <laughs> <clears throat> And then I watched The King's Man, which is the prequel to the Kingsman series. And it's really good. It's just not quite up to where the previous two were. But then again, this is what starts the entire universe of the Kingsman. Like, this is before the group exists. This is the beginning of the group's existence. Which is fantastic, by the way. And Reese Rice Hyphens plays Rasputin, <laughs> and he's only in half the movie. But holy shit. That sounds so awesome. good. Yeah, it's about the starting of World War I. And it's like, uh, there's like this big bad guy group that are pulling everything from behind the scenes. So good. Really good. Except for if you have acrophobia or fear of heights, you might not be a big fan of the third act. Because uh, I struggled. 
I'd be okay with it as long as it's not happening to me in person. So now there's sometimes in movies and video games where I have to go, oh shit, and I have to like clear my head. <laughs> I mean, I can I can fly on airplanes without an issue. Yeah, I have no problem on planes. It's just so weird. Anyway, next movie I saw was The Bubble. It's brand new on Netflix. It is a comedy about one of the first movies to be made during the pandemic. Ooh, okay. That could be fun. Wasn't there like a movie a few years back called like Bubble Boy or something like that? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought he was mentioning. I'm like, how is that fucking new? That is not new. Was that like Ben Stiller or? Oh, I can't remember. It's a, well, it's a quirky movies actor. Up, there's been movies about Boy in the Plastic Bubble when we were Bubble Boys before. Yeah, but this was a comedy. The one Eric's referring to. It was one of the quirky actors. So it's a Judd Apatow movie. So it's a bunch of the Judd Apatow people, including his wife and his daughter. Of course. It. And yeah, so it's about them making a shitty action movie called, uh, what is it? Um, Cliff? Cliff Beast 6? They're trying to make this movie. Threat while, level midnight. Yes. While trying to deal with the pandemic. And they put, put into a bubble inside a, a fancy. Oh, that would be a good tournament for the tournament group. The best uh, things within a thing. Movies within a movie, shows within a show, tool time. Yeah. That could be fun. I'm going to keep that one in mind. That's a pretty fun romp of a movie. Um, And then I saw The French Dispatch, which is the latest Wes Anderson movie. And I have like, I haven't seen every Wes Anderson movie, but I've liked every one I've seen. Is this no exception? This one is about. a guy from Kansas goes on vacation in France in a made-up city in France, and he starts a magazine based on his father's out of his father's newspaper for English-speaking people in France or people from back home want to read about what's going on in this town in France. And the guy dies at the beginning of the movie, and it's about like the history of the of the magazine. And then it ends with he's died and what people are doing to send him off. So it's kind of an anthology because it's like, this is one story this one writer wrote about one time. And here's a story another writer wrote about one time. And there's like three or four of them make up the movie. If you like Wes Anderson, you'll like this movie. And then just before we, we came together today to record... I watched Carol King and James Taylor just call out my name. This is a documentary slash concert film uh, about sometime a few years ago. Uh, Carol King and James Taylor decided to do a few concerts back at the old <laughs> Troubadour. And then they decided, hey, why don't we just take the show on the road for a tour? So if you like Carol King and or James Taylor, watch it. They talk a little bit about their history and how they started. And you get concert footage. And you get actually some old concert footage as well. Nice. 
All right. This has been Talkin' Talkies with Dan Peck. <laughs> Throwback to our old movie podcast where you got me to watch four Wes Anderson movies in a row. Yes. And I and two of them I thought were exceptionally good. Uh, Royal Tenenbaums and Life Aquatic, specifically. Uh, Rushmore was good. Grand Budapest Hotel was... I'm not going to say it wasn't good, but it was confusing. But and that's kind of how... That's Mr. Fox. We did, oh, that's right. It was five. We did five. That's right. But five, I, five weeks. But five I had seen that. Fantastic Mr. Fox previously before we reviewed it for the... Like, the other four movies were new to me. So... Yeah, very good. All right. I normally save this for the top of the hour these days. We're not quite there yet, but uh, we have a big-ass game to get through here. It is time for the Entertainment Challenge. Our biggest turnout to date with 20 entries this week. Nice. So I, I get it, guys. The games you like to play are the ones where you get to pun shit up. So we're going to stick with those for a while because that those are easily the most successful ones. So this one I gave you guys a little bit of free reign on. I wanted you to take a famous quote from a movie or a TV show, or you, you could even do a, a quote from real life. Um, it had to be something that was instantly recognizable where it came from. That was the one stipulation there. Uh, then I wanted you to take that quote and alter it to include swear words. Now, you could change the quote's context. You could just add a swear word and make it funnier. You could add multiple swear words. You, you basically, or just make it dirty, pretty much. So the only other stipulation there was you couldn't take a quote that was already covered in swears and try to add more swears to it, because that just wouldn't make sense. So what do you guys think of this game? Does this sound like something you're going to have a good time with? Yeah. Honestly, uh, let's hear it. I know, Eric, because you and I, with the whole Disney background... Sometimes when we had to get back to that break room, it just poured out. <laughs> it just poured out because you'd been holding it in for so long. All right. 20 entries. So good luck to all of you. Um, you guys are awesome. And I'm seriously considering that if we keep breaking records like this, that everybody's just going to get an additional point who played that week. So that will bolster your numbers a little bit. Of course, if everybody who's on the board is playing, that might not make it too competitive, but I'll give you guys a little bit of a breaky there. All right, 20 entries. Once again, I will not tell you who submitted the entry until after I read it and you have assigned the points. So let's get to our very first entrant. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in fucking Kansas anymore. Hmm. I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's not bad. Yeah. I feel like more of a goddamn situation. Well, the fucks were popular, but it's not it's not them all. I mean everybody well, likes a good fuck. Well fuck is the worst word that you can say. Okay. I see what you did there, you sly bastard. Yeah, I love how that that he says that, and it's like that means potentially every time he said "umkay," 
which would be multiple times almost every episode, he really meant fuck. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Yeah, that would really change that movie around. Um, although, I think it would change the movie more tonally than it going to color suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> It's suddenly color, and he's just like... Dorothy just starts swearing like a sailor. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't realize that the, the the content would get more color as well. <laughs> we went for colorful language instead. <laughs> all right, so what do y'all say? I think it's point. Point? Eric? Point. All right, point from Dan and Eric. I will not award a point, however, because... I'm I'm gonna be that guy. I've a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Come on now. Oh, I have and I, that that stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Although I probably was on the fence about it to begin with, so I'll just I'll just use that as the catalyst so you can get heat with me. Dylan Mushaw, thank you for your entry. Two points to you. All right, our next entry. Forget the curveball, Ricky. Give him the fucking heater. <laughs> Dan, I know, will appreciate this one. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. That definitely gets a point. Okay. Point from Dan. And you know what? That movie could have totally been fine with that one fuck. <laughs> no, he gives... Because the fuck is Corbin Burnson's, right? When he says to strike this fucker out. Yeah. Speaking of movies we've reviewed on Talking Talkies... That's the better spot. So, uh, Eric, do you know what movie we're referencing? Nope. Dan, please inform Eric. Uh, be Major League. A fantastic movie. The sequels never happened. Yeah, they're all right. It is the most tolerable I find Charlie Sheen. So they're doing something right. Well, that's before everything. Well. Or just uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's before everything happened. Just before we were aware of it. All right. So point from me as well. That leaves Eric. I'm going to join the group. <sighs> Give it a point. Okay. You don't have to if you don't know the source material. You can be that guy. I'm, uh, I don't want to be that guy today. I want to be a nice guy. Oh God. So I'm going to be the dick. All right, you know what? Fine, fuck it. I'll be the heel today. It's fine. Dan's been the heel before. Eric's been the heel before. Where's Jeff's entry at? <laughs> we need to... uh, this was from Jason D'Agostino. I hope, ah. I hope I pronounced your name right, bud. <clears throat> I'm just going. Is that D apostrophe yeah. Agostino? Yeah. Well, maybe you should be one of the girls. I won't say your last name. <laughs> I explained why I don't do that, right? Because, you know, guys are creeps. Yep. So. That's why the girls don't get, girls don't have last names in in this group. Unless yeah, they, unless they true. want there to be a last name, in which case, that's fine. <clears throat> Next entry. Bond. James motherfucking Bond. Sounds like a villain saying it. <laughs> Well, that's the just, twist, God right? God damn that motherfucking James Bond, motherfucker! It's just, it's just like who destroyed my empire? That's the that was the the final twist in No Time to Die. Bond just turns heel. That would have been a good movie twist at one point. 
Although you, you'd write yourself into a corner if you did it. Of course, we've also done the Rogue Agent before, haven't we, Dan? At least it's not like Mission Impossible, where more than half of the Mission Impossible movies involve a Rogue Agent. Yeah, that's true. 006. Yeah. Alex Trevelyan. I feel like they, they probably could have pulled it off, right? Like, where he, he goes rogue and whatnot, but it was... He was actually... Well, he does. Undercover. He's gone. He's gone rogue. License to kill. We mentioned that earlier. He went rogue. That's the pull plot. That's where he goes the most rogue. Yeah. Well, these these later uh, Daniel Craig movies, he's gone rogue a few times. And Die Another Day. (laughs) When when Q goes to get the car and he just sees the the wine glass sitting in the bucket, just goes, ah, shit. All right. Bond, James, motherfucking Bond. I will give this a point. I'm trying to think of what I would use instead, but I'm not coming up with what I would use instead, so I guess that that's the one. So a point. Run along, bitch. The men are talking. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you want one from every James Bond movie... And you you want to give me until next week. <laughs> yeah, all right. So that was three points then. I heard Eric there. Brian Murphy, three points to you. Next entry. I am fucking Iron Man. Well, that's something Pepper Potts would say. <laughs> <laughs> you are not wrong. That might be another goddamn situation. Truth is, I am goddamn man. Yeah. I think it's funnier if you think of somebody else saying it. It is funny. It's funny. The bomb situation. Somebody else just mentions him. Goddamn. Fucking Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, that's a point. Right. So it's a point for me, dog. Three points to Jeff Trelowitz. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. There you go. There you go, birthday boy. Okay. Uh, (laughs) This next one. (laughs) This might be my first year, Mark. God damn it. Uh Where are his glasses? He can't see without his fucking glasses. <laughs> oh, God. Broke Chris. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> Movies are already awful enough as it is. Um, Do we all know what's being referenced here? Is this... Yeah. Movie with all the fucking kids, right? It's my girl. It's my girl. It's dead Macaulay Culkin in the casket. Jesus. There was too many bees. <sighs> Fuck, that's an earmark for me. <laughs> We're gonna revisit this. Yeah. Earmark that's a fucked up well. part where in these family movies where a kid goes to a thing he did a million times with his friend, but he goes by himself and he dies. Yeah. Also, in Bridge to Terabithia. 
The kid does the thing he did with his friend a million times, but he did it by himself. He dies. God damn it. <laughs> Dan is just getting a point from you as well. You sad sons of bitches. <laughs> I'll just take that as a yes. All right, that is three points and two earmarks. That's when I. That's the movie where I learned what Undertaker was. A, was a thing, and not just a wrestler. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> that entry came from Nicole, one of our Among Us players. <laughs> Hannah's BFF, who has murdered her on many occasions, as, as often as possible. Yes. Uh, possible game coming up, by the way, boys and girls. If uh, we can get people available. So, keep an eye out. Alright. <clears throat> this next one goes in a different direction than you're expecting. And this is what I appreciate about it. Is that what you appreciate about it? This this one's a modification. Nobody fucks baby in a corner. <laughs> Okay. Okay, John Lithgow. Oh, hold the car. Hard and funny. It's a good one. That's a good one. That's She's like the man. <laughs> Holy shit, yeah. That's, wow. That's a good one. Stephen Arthur, good job. <laughs> All right. Next one's a little lengthy, but that's okay, because it's a good quote, and I appreciate it. God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. Dinosaurs eat man. Women inherits the goddamn earth. Yeah, point. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Yeah, you are. It's an easy set of three points. Of the uh, four women who played this week, this would be one of them, and her name is Hannah. So good job, Hannah. Hannah. Hannah Banana. Uh, she's probably mad, though, that her friend's entry made me laugh harder than hers did. So... I should just have to murder her. Hannah can always find a reason to be mad at me or Eric. She one thousand percent. And the the best part is, most of the time we deserved it. So <clears throat> let's go uh, uh, to that as well. All right. So I, I'm not I'm not good at accents, so I won't attempt it. But I'll probably attempt it and fail anyway. But let's just do it. I went for the fucking head. Now, is that where you would put it in Endgame? No, that's where you put I am fucking Iron Man. (laughs) If that was the first Iron Man movie, this is Endgame. Yeah, well, this is, but that's the Endgame. When Tony gets gets them and he gets rid of all their people. I am Iron Man. Yeah. I am fucking Iron Man.
I am fucking inevitable. Yeah? Well, I'm fucking Iron Man. Or it would be like any any time where Peter Parker's going nuts, losing his mind over something. <laughs> he just, what's I going to fuck? <laughs> Poor Peter. I went for the fucking head is the entry. Yeah, sure. Okay. Eric? Oh, man. I just... I'm going to have to say no. <laughs> That's okay, bud. I, I think I'm going to actually have to say no on this one, too. <clears throat> so, apologies to Eddie Whitaker, who will score one point from Dan, but I, I'm going to uh, pass on this one. We're, we can be the bad guys together, Eric. It's okay. Heel tag team. We got this. All right, we're roughly about the halfway point now, if I'm counting correctly. Actually, I don't even know, because it doesn't matter. Let's just keep going. Our next entry. <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. All right. <laughs> this one. It's pretty good, too. I see dead people fucking. <laughs> That's where you put it. <laughs> <laughs> that might have to be another earmark for me. Yeah, <laughs> All right. <Same>. All right. <clears throat> Dan. Going for the anger, he went for the the weird and twisted. Night. Yeah, holy shit! Yeah, you get that. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Uh, our friend Robert Atkin, aka Not Rob. Has a very good entry there. Thank you for that. By the way, I sent him that three-second Iron Sheet clip where he's just going, good night and go fuck yourself. And he just writes back and goes, quality content. <laughs> All right, yeah, that was a good one. Next entry. You are on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of master, bitch. Now is bitch the word bitch. I would use. <laughs> what would you have used? I don't know. I don't know if I would have put anything there. I like it. I get a point. And it's not a fuck, so I'll give it an earmark. Oh, there you go. Okay. You know what? It's still a Star Wars quote. Point. I will also give it a point. One earmark, though, from Dan. To our friend, Brian James Leon, who, by the way, is in first place. Just for the record. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now let's continue our uh, Star Wars quotes and do another one. No, I am your fucking father. Point. It just makes me think about where I'd put the swear. I love you. No shit. 
Maybe the part where they're sitting down to dinner and Vader's hair and just go, fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Orlando, you son of a bitch. Or when Lando greets them, he calls him a son of a bitch. Just like in, you know, in fucking, uh, what movie, Predator? You son of a bitch. And then they do the the flex. You know where I would have put it? You know where I would have put it in Empire? Ben, why the fuck didn't you tell me? And what about, uh, I thought they spelled bad on the outside? Something in there. You could do that too. Something there. Anyway, uh, that gets a point. Yeah. Right. F- fucking father, as opposed to my regular father? All right. So to Daniel Tuma, you will receive a point from Dan and one from Eric. I will pass on this one, though, just because I feel like it's too, it's a two-on-the-nose quote for me. There's a lot of good thinking outside the box here. So. Uh, our next one, nice and simple. Make it fucking so. Okay. That's your quote. You can imagine the car just dropped (laughs) F-bombs. I didn't hear it. For whatever reason, the audio cut. What what happened? Make it fucking so. Jean-Luc Picard? Yeah. That sounds like... uh... Something he would say after a long, long day of exploring. After face after face palming against Wesley Crusher again. Shut <laughs> up, Wesley. That seems a uh, low, low key cringe, by the way. Yeah, point. it is. I love the Family Guy when Stewie meets the whole cast of Star Trek, not just because they they all do their own voices. But because of how insufferable they all are, and one of the things is just Patrick Stewart relentlessly bullying Will Wheaton. <laughs> what about on Future on Futurama, where they go to the planet with the Star Trek fan? Oh uh, yeah, but that's the original cast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's the original cast. So. Yeah, good old Star Trek. Uh, point for me. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go. Three points to our friend Tom Dickinson over at the Watch Me Cook channel. Very good. Next quote. Wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a goddamn DeLorean? Point. (laughs) There you go. Oh, the sucker's electrical. (laughs) It needs... (laughs) <laughs> Fusion to reshuffle gigawatts. I mean, one of my fa- yeah, I'll get to point for me as well. One of my favorite quotes from the movie already has a swear in it, though. When this baby hits eighty-eight miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. I mean, does shit count as a curse word? I guess it did back then. Uh, d- yeah, it's a curse word. <laughs> so you have this an earmark because it's not a fuck. Okay, there you go. Matthew Hardman receives three points plus an earmark. <clears throat> Here's Johnny, bitch. Is this uh, when uh, his face is taken up the, the mark? 
Jesse Pinkman is not playing the part of Jack Torrance. So, okay, yes, I know we're, I know what, what he's going for, and it's a shining quote, but all I'm imagining is this was Ed McMahon's actual introduction, <laughs> and that makes it funnier. Oh, oh. oh bitch. Imagine if he got so drunk and he just stopped giving a fuck. Did that actually happen? Well, I mean, he was drunk almost every episode, allegedly. But <laughs> imagine if he got so drunk that... <laughs> It was like, whatever, you bastard. <laughs> Crazy shit. I like it. And it's another not fuck, so slap it on, baby. Okay. Uh, three points, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Plus another earmark from Dan, who's going for the, the non-fuckeries. Fuck- Well, Dan will probably earmark this next one then as well. As you wish, bitch. I don't like that one, although it is not a... Well, goddamn, son. What about about the R-O-U-S's? Rotates of unusual size? I don't fucking believe in them. Sleep well and dream of large... Fucking women. Sweep, sleep well and dream of fucking large women. <laughs> there you go. That's the spot. It's <laughs> a good spot. <laughs> Tormund, giant Spain likes this. <laughs> Is the big woman coming? <laughs> Still, I'm still salty that Tormund did not end up with Brienne of Tarth, by the way. Nope. I mean... I feel like that's the most realistic thing that would have happened. <laughs> I mean, maybe she makes her way north of the wall a little time later. <clears throat> so what's our opinion on As You Wish, bitch? I don't like it. I'm not a fan. All right. I'm going to give it a point because it is Princess Bride. But uh, we we have agreed you could do better. All right, Randy Moyer, you get walk away with your point from me. Five entries remain now. Three from gentlemen, two from lovely young ladies. And we'll see if any of these are better than what we've already had. If we are, we're going through 15. Goddamn, son. All right. <clears throat> we need we I, I hope we break this next week I, we gotta come up with actually we already have a game idea for next week I'll announce it afterwards alright <laughs> 10 points from Gryffindor you cocksuckers from Gryffindor? yes from Gryffindor the Snape taking points from Gryffindor? I mean who else would it be? 10 points from Gryffindor you cocksuckers Mr. Potter cocksuckers uh, it could have been Umbridge. I could believe Umbridge would do this. <laughs> Enough! Ten points from Gryffindor. You little cocksuckers. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> I mean, you, you can hear it, right? I don't know why. I just pictured Dave Chappelle doing that. 
Dave Chappelle Defense Against the Dark Arts Professor? Yes, I fucking love it. Let's make it happen. Well, doesn't – don't Dave Chappelle and J.K. Rowling have a very similar point of view about something? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just – Very different. Very different. No, not really. But okay. Uh, that was still – all right. That was That was good though. I like that though just because – well, it's a different word than we've heard so far. You know it's a funny word? <laughs> I can't tell that story on the air. <laughs> I know you can't. <laughs> that uh, is a strictly off-air story, Eric. That one has uh, to... <laughs> I, I actually can't tell that one, and it's really funny. And all I did was say it just to make you laugh, and it worked. Because I wasn't fucking expecting it. It's so fucking terrible. It made me laugh. Because <laughs> it was the most terrible thing I could say in that moment. All right, if anybody wants to know the terrible story, feel free to send me a message. I will tell you. I will tell you that... Reference the terrible... Okay, all you have to do is send me the message and just go... Okay, so you said to Eric, want to hear a funny word, what was it? And I will tell you what I said. You know what's funny about this? Is I probably have heard it ten times, and I still don't remember it every time it comes up. Well, Dan, why don't you check our little group chat right here? Yes. Yeah, I, <laughs> every time. I always forget about it. And then I don't know how you can forget. I only... I, I, I don't forget things, either. <laughs> I only said it to be funny. Keep that in mind before you hear the story. I said it to be funny. <laughs> And it worked because we would just Eric and I would just say shit to each other to make each other laugh. And I uh, need I needed to I needed to top him this time. Okay. Ammunition. Right, so uh, let's see here. Uh, report to Discord HQ. Screw you, Daniel. <laughs> you sons of bitches. All right. All right. So. Uh, well, ten points were taken from Gryffindor. Should we award three points to this person? Yes. All right. Chris McGinnis, three points. God, you cork suckers. You cork suckers. <laughs> oh, that's a good movie. We should watch that and cover that. <laughs> oh, God, this next quote. And Dan's going to know this quote very well. This came from a movie Dan saw in the theater seven times. <laughs> Wise men say... Forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for a dead hooker's pizza. Whoa, there's a lot of dead hookers in these back of these cars. <laughs> Love that movie. Good movie. Uh, dead hookers. Anyway. That's one of my favorite lines from Ninja Turtles. Oh, is that just wait, one of your favorite lines in general? Maybe. That's a movie that has, like, damn in it, like, four times, so... I know. Raphael was cursing? What is this? What am I watching? I remember in the, in the books, Raphael was, like, black. Like, fully black. For a long time. Like, like he had oil spilled on him, and he, they couldn't get it off. That's funny, though. 
pizza. What what do you say for this dead hooker's pizza? It definitely went a way I didn't expect. Because I was expecting an F or maybe a, an MF. You didn't think this was going to be a quote modification, which is what it ended up being. Now, what? so what was the actual rule of the game? You could add a swear or modify the quote and make it dirty. So just modifying it all to make it dirty. Okay, yeah. Guess what? Give this an earmark! God damn it, Ellis. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Shit. Nope, too late. You can't take it back. Shit. Nope, can't take it back. <laughs> you gave Ellis a point. That's all right. I'm giving him a point as well. That's yeah, fine. No, I'm more angry that I gave him an earmark and he's my front runner right now. <laughs> well, that's too bad. <clears throat> Three entries remain. Here's our next one. Fucking my dear friends is 93% perspiration, 6% electricity, 4% evaporation, and 2% butterscotch ripple. Are we fucking 100%? It is absolutely not 100% at all. Not at all. So it is no longer about inventing things. Like 105%, 106%, 105. 105, yeah. <sighs> well, nobody, nobody said Willy Wonka was good at math. Which is weird because he makes confections, which means he has to be perfect at math. Yeah, but he also runs a slave factory. <laughs> Hey, he saved them from the destruction of their land. That he probably caused. They owe him in perpetuity. <laughs> Grunka, lunka, dinkity, dingredient. Don't mention the secret ingredient. What about those armed guards? Grunka, lunka, dunkity, darm guards. <laughs> Fry in the slurm factory. Good episode. Yep. So what what do we want to do with this Willy Wonka quote? What was it again? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking my dear friends is ninety three percent perspiration, six yes, percent yes, yes. electricity, four percent evaporation, and two percent butterscotch ripple. See, and that's a place where you wouldn't think the the swear would go because you would think it would be at the end when he's yelling at him. Right? Mm. You get nothing! Good fucking good day, day, sir. <laughs> oh, I said good day, sir. I'm giving it a point. Yeah, okay. Point it. Point so, it. I guess it gets two. Eric! What? Well, no, Eric gave it two points instead of one. No, no, no giving it none. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, Nolan, Eric apparently didn't like your entry. Sorry, Nolan. Are you, though? Not really. All right. That concludes the gentleman portion of the game. The last two entries are from Young Ladies. Ooh. Our next entry, our, our uh, penultimate entry, the second to last for people who don't know words. 
because I'm pretty sure we had to explain that to was that image we had to explain that to on an old podcast penultimate entry what does that mean I was I started using it because it's a great word yes (laughs) and and you have a functional brain (laughs) I love Joe to death but let's be honest here I remember last week's entry from Joe (laughs) yeah he's on the board with a single fucking point for metallic carrots because Eric, like, Eric. no, not the Willy Wonka quote, but apparently metallic carrots was enough to get a goddamn point. That's funny. <laughs> <sighs> Son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> this is a good one, too. Does Barry Manilow know that you rate his fucking wardrobe? See, that makes sense. <laughs> That's also exactly where I would put it, I think. It would definitely be between those two characters, yes. Point for me? Yeah, point. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You know, we, we recently passed the uh, the uh, anniversary of that Saturday detention. Didn't we just talk about that? Yeah, it was like March 24th, I think it was, right? March 25th. So that was 5th, 5th, yeah. March 25th is Breakfast Club Day. Yes. Saturday detention. All right. Uh, don't be jealous, but that was three points to my new best friend, Clarissa. Don't, mm. don't be jealous, boys. It's okay. You still have a special place in my heart. Last entry, also from a young lady. Care to guess who? Because not no. that not, not that many girls play the game, so... There is no fucking crying in baseball. That's probably the part. <laughs> That's where I put it. She's crying! Are you crying? There's no fucking crying in baseball. Sir, she's crying. (laughs) Oh, what a great movie. Very good. Point for me. Yeah, it's a point. Also one of my favorite movies. Eric? Point. You're not going to deprive Katie of a point? I, I knew it was fucking Katie. <laughs> well, who else? Was, who else was left? I told you four girls played, and you heard who three of them were. Well, you, that's true. You knew who was left. The only other girl who could have possibly pl- played would have been Miranda. Yeah, and she's a little busy learning how to fly. It's not oh. that hard. <laughs> it's not that okay. You tell her it's not it, that hard. Landing's the bitchy part. God, I hope she. I hope she's still keeping up on the episodes. I hope she hears. We're talking. That. We're talking airplane or helicopter. Or airplane, what? baby. Commercial airline pilot. Nice. Commercial, commercial airline, airline baby. Like Jimmy. <laughs> like my, like independent pro wrestler Mike Flight, whose gimmick was that he's a commercial airline pilot, except in real life he races sprint cars, which makes no sense. But I don't control his life, so. All right, good turnout from everybody. Very good. Let's figure out who the winners are. So, God, which ones do we need to revisit? Well, the first one I earmarked was, where is glasses? You can't see without his fucking glasses. Then there was, I see dead people fucking. And then Dan just earmarked a shit ton of them that involved the word bitch. Or goddamn. We have the dead hooker's pizza. We also have Here's Johnny Bitch and Out of a Goddamn DeLorean. And you are on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of Master Bitch. 
So um, my bonus point goes to Ellis. God damn it. All right. I'll give Ellis the bonus point. Forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for a dead hooker's pizza. <laughs> you realize what you're encouraging from this point on, right? I know, but guess what? It made you laugh, so therefore it... It was my favorite, so okay. fuck it. <laughs> All right, Ellis. Uh, Eric, that leaves you and me. Uh, come on. The, the, the My Girl one. <laughs> Can't see without his fucking glasses. Yeah, that was... Yeah, <sighs> I have to give that one, too. Nicole's going to get two bonus points out of this one, because that one actually broke me a little bit. That was that pretty was fucking good. Line. That would, uh... Greatly enhance the movie. (sighs) Good God. All right. That was excellent turnout. I am proud of all of you. You all rock. Your mother and I are proud of you. All your moms are proud. My mom is proud of all of you. Whoa, really? My mom's a lovely lady. She'd probably be proud of everybody. She probably would have laughed her ass off if I read these to her, by the way. What does your mother think of Eric and I? She doesn't know you guys. Yeah, oh, what, what yeah. she know, but, but what she does know about us. I don't actually know what she knows about you. <laughs> she knows yeah, I have you a, tell your mom about your best friends. Jeez, she knows I have a podcast that I do with you two of you, but I don't. I don't think she listens to it. I don't think either oh, of my Lord, Lord save us if any of our parents listen to our stuff. I actually, well, not my parent, but Shannon's dad listens to the show. He doesn't know what we're talking about half the time, but he still <laughs> enjoys it. So so I'll, I'll give him a shout out real quick. Now, I don't think any actual family listens to the show. Um, coworkers listen to the show. And some of my closest friends listen to it. And honestly... That's really all I need. Because complete and complete strangers I've never met in my life listen to this show and interact with it. And you guys are MVPs. They the real MVP? They the real MVP. Alright, I got one for you. Which group member lives closest to you? Because I already know the answer to this and it's terrifying. Which member of the group lives closest to you? Well, Dan, I know the answer to yours. Glenn. Glenn. Yeah. Glenn. <clears throat> Mine is Al Uriah. <laughs> Good old Brandon. He's less than 10 minutes away from me. And that's scary proximity. And I think he actually still, I think he still creeps on the show. Even though he doesn't interact a lot in the group, I'm almost positive he still creeps on this show. To who's closest to Eric? Uh, I don't know who's in Michigan. But I do know that Daniel Tuma is in Wisconsin. Is there someone in Indiana? Not that I'm aware of. Or Illinois? Uh, Danny Jackpot and my friend Vivian live in Ohio. It depends where in Ohio, I guess. Uh, Danny would be Dayton. Vivian would be closer to Cincinnati. or uh, Not Cincinnati, uh, Cleveland. So it's probably not far enough west. No, but it still might be the closest proximity. I don't know if we have any other Michigan boys in here. I actually don't know the answer to that. 
Um, I mean, Brian's in Minnesota, but that's still further away than than Tuma would be. Uh, wouldn't be Chev. Scrolling through the group members right now, half of them are in Florida, and and then another significant portion of them are in New Jersey. Because, you don't say. <laughs> because where else would all my friends be from? This is why I don't. I have like two actual friends in Lancaster, and I'm married to one of them. Like, this is what I'm talking about, people. All my friends live so far away. Well, a lot of people I care about live very far away, but yeah, I, I think I think the answer is probably uh, either somebody in Ohio or somebody in in Wisconsin. Uh, we don't have any Canadians, right? I mean, I might could be able to change that. <laughs> I, I I suppose. <laughs> Maurice Fine is in play. Chicago. So that actually might be the closest. Chicago to Michigan? How far is Chicago from you, Eric? It's across the across the lake. <laughs> yeah, but you're also on the other side of Michigan. So No, I mm. actually I do think that's the answer. It's pro it's actually probably Tuma. Who I don't think Eric knows, unless you remember McThing, who's played Among Us with us a couple of times. But, yeah, okay. And I get Alurize. And I get freaking Brandon. Who I ha literally haven't seen in over a year now, because I physically haven't seen him since we both left the warehouse at the same time. Now over one year ago, because we left in March. And it's now April. So, good God. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> Want to talk about some video games real quick? That I do, sir. Always. I don't remember where the project left off. Because we, we always seem to skip a week now, and then we kind of go through it on a, bigger, on a bigger scale. Do you recall talking about Mario Kart 64? Yes. Okay. The game after Mario Kart 64, as soon as I can scroll and get there, was Grand Theft Auto 3. Did we discuss GTA 3? I believe so. Okay. Did we discuss Saints Row? I don't think so, because I have a story I would tell. Okay. Let's start with Saints Row, then. That was back on March the 14th. That was my next game of the day after Grand Theft Auto 3. Okay. <clears throat> Go ahead, tell your story. Okay, so, uh, you know, autosave existed, but it wasn't implemented by every game yet when this game came out. So the day I got it, I played it for like five hours, and then I went to bed, and I woke up the next morning, and I was at the beginning of the game again because it didn't autosave anything. Oof. 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 <laughs> that is an oof. All right. Uh, OG Tomb Raider was the next game. Go all the way back to PS1 era. A sexual revolution. Overwatch was the next game of the day. Haven't played it. It's popular, though. Yeah. I remember it was a huge hit when it came out. But It's still pretty huge now. <laughs> okay, so I don't... 
I don't expect everybody to stalk my Facebook and like and react to every single thing that I post. But every day I do post a new picture of a video game. And I pay attention to how many likes certain games get. Overwatch only got one like. It's. I mean, I felt like it was overrated. Okay. Next game was Tekken 3. I do like Tekken. Not big on... I'm not, not a, a fighting game person. I'm not a big fighting game guy, but I but Tekken's good. I have played I've played some Tekken games and enjoyed them. Uh this game got a huge engagement. This was SimCity 2000. Second one. Uh Yeah. It's pretty good. I I, I the one I played the most is the classic first one. Person City, so. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> OG Metal Gear Solid was the next game of the day. Solid Snake Pliskin. <laughs> Solid Snake with the, the awesome opening. Oh, man. So good. <laughs> and then it gets hard very fast. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite Wreck-It Ralph Easter eggs is when he's rummaging through the box and he pulls out with the exclamation point. And it makes the sound effect. Portal was the next game of the day. Classic. You all know that's one of my all-time favorite games. I loved, loved Portal. Such a fun game. Speaking of games that get dark real quick. Once you start getting towards the end... It just gets, it really takes that downward spiral. But I loved it. Really, really good game. Uh, next game was Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. What a great never, game that was. I never got to play any of those games. I played the OG game. It's just a bit crazy. Then we had Little Big Planet. Yeah, that's a cool, like, and there's, like, the, the level maker and stuff. So you can essentially make your own little uh, platform game level. It's good stuff. Took them long enough to put that in Mario. Super Mario Maker, long overdue. OG Mass Effect is up next. Okay, so the very first one, I actually owned... Uh, like several times, but I couldn't get into it, and then I would bring it back, and then I'd get it again a few months later, not get into it, and then eventually one time I got it, and it stuck. Okay. And then 2 came out, and it was like one of my favorite games for like a few years. It's a great trilogy. <clears throat> uh, the next game was a shout-out to Brian, because this is his one of his favorites, if not his absolute favorite. The Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Oh yeah, that's his favorite one. Such a good game. He's a Morrowind mark. So uh, when I was in college in Minnesota, we had a guy and one guy, and he's like, "You guys can play video games all the time, but I don't care." But Sunday after church, when we come back until dinner, let me play Morrowind, and we're like, "Cool, you get to do whatever you want for three hours once a week. We get it the rest of the time." We're good with that. 
And he literally would just sit there and play Morrowind for three, four hours. That's fair, though. Let me let me play my game when I want to, and you can do whatever you want the rest of the time. That's that's fair. Which was mostly Halo, and then finally one guy brought his, his Tiger Woods PGA Tour game. And we had a lot of that, because that we could play like four people at a time. Playing golf, nice. baby. Nice. <clears throat> uh, here's a favorite of ours, Dan. We've done streams of this. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh man! So that's um, the TV show, the TV game show. Uh, at one point, my family would tape the news and watch Carmen San Diego live on PBS because we all loved it so much. I loved the game show, the animated show. I haven't seen the new Netflix series, but I I would actually like to watch that, just out of curiosity. I had this game on PC, and now, of course, I've got the Super Nintendo copy. It's like it's the one I usually end up playing because it's the easiest one to access now. But, man, that game is so much fun. Yeah, so, like, I had it for Sega Master System, which was almost a completely different game because there was actual, like, gameplay to it. Because when you would get to the final place, instead of like a little video of a guy like shooting a gun, you literally had to dodge them shooting guns at you. Damn. Or throwing knives at you. You had to actually dodge them trying to kill you. Dip, dodge, duck. Yeah. <laughs> Dive and dodge again? Yeah, the five the five Ds, dodgeball. Um, and then I also, we uh, PC version, mid-90s <clears throat> version, where there was like a phone, uh, like a video phone you use is like your main thing in the UI. Remember when that was future technology? Yeah. Oh man, a video phone. How cool would that be in real life? How cool indeed. That shit was futuristic still in 2000. (laughs) It wasn't that much longer after that, but what about Dick Tracy with a phone on his watch? Mm -hmm. Or at least a radio on his watch. So the next day, this was actually March the 26th. I don't think this was the game's actual release day, but it was the first day I played it, which made me appreciate the fact that I drew this naturally, and I loved this coincidence so bad. But that was the first day I played Kirby in the Forgotten Land, and the game I drew that day was Kirby's Dreamland, the OG Game Boy Kirby game. And I'm like, I couldn't have planned that better if I tried. I've gotten a couple of really good natural roles that I kind of applauded. Sometimes... Coincidence just works out. Kirby's Dreamland on the Game Boy. Very simple game, but very fun. This was, of course, before Kirby had the copy ability, so you had to regurgitate everything back at the enemy, which made for a, a much more challenging game. Yeah, you breathe in. <clears throat> I prefer it that way, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah, I feel like him holding on to... And just memorizing all this stuff is, is just kind of... Yeah. Too. Dreamland wasn't that hard to begin with. No, but it was it was fun. It's only five levels. Gets progressively harder, and then you just... Uh, you go and you just friggin' wreck King Dedede in a wrestling ring. Uh, the next day was Super Smash Brothers Melee. That's the one for GameCube? Yes. 
And the screenshot I chose is Mario and Link simultaneously beating the shit out of Jigglypuff. Because of course they are. <laughs> yes, that was the GameCube version. I was obsessed with that game when it came out. So yeah, I never like most Nintendo game Nintendo franchises I've ever never played or barely played, so uh, that brings us to the game that I think might have been my highest engagement so far, as far as reactions go, because it received 24 of them, and that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Hell yeah. Fire! Hang on, April. <laughs> Game's so much fun. Is that the Turtles in Time 1, or is that different? No. No. It's, uh... The OG arcade game is, um... It starts with a fire edit. At fire edit. Yeah. Bebop, Rocksteady. Um... I think you fight Baxter, right? At one point? Baxter's is the first boss of Turtles and Baxter's the first boss, right. Then there's the fire thing. You go to the Technodrome. And the last fight's against Shredder, and he turns you into Tiny Turtle. He turns you into a regular-ass turtle at one point. Yeah, it's a fantastic arcade game. Let's it's bring one the, it's one of the the big three, right? Turtles, mm-hmm. Simpsons, X Men. X Men, there there. Pokemon Gold and Silver was the next game out. The Gen Two Pokemon games, which were so Game Boy Color. Yes. And a lot of people still feel is the best one. Well, that's when it expanded from, what, 151 to, like, 200-something? Uh, yeah, it went at an additional 100. So it went from 151 to 251. It added the night and day feature and real-time feature. And when you completed the main game, you could go back to the original Kanto and play through that again. And collect all eight badges from them, too. And then once you did all that and you'd beat the Elite Four and everything, the final boss was Red, waiting for you at Champion's Plateau with his god-tier Pikachu, among other things. Let's take a baseline Mewtwo and just change the spirit, uh, spirit or Sprite to Pikachu. That's basically what they did, I feel like. Yeah, basically. Red was just there to fuck you up. <clears throat> that takes me to No Man's Sky. It's a game that was uh, <clears throat> pretty bad when it came out, but they fixed it pretty good. Oh, I, I I didn't know we were talking about Cyberpunk. Okay. I don't know. Did they, have they fixed Cyberpunk yet, Eric? Yeah, they fixed it, I think. I don't know. I haven't played it. Fixed it enough. I beat the game before they came out with the first patch. Dude, oh, so I beat the game the day they came out with the... The next-gen version. Yeah. <laughs> we should have just fucking waited. Uh, it was 20 bucks. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I, was, I was okay with it. <laughs> uh, Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. I haven't seen any, played any Fire Emblem. I, I included the franchise to include as much variety as possible. I only included one Fire Emblem game. That was one of the ones where on the list it's got a star next to it. And when I drew it, 
I went and I Googled, what's the best Fire Emblem game? And this one kept coming up, so that was the rep. Then we have OG Legend of Zelda on the NES. A classic if there ever was one. And last but not least, yesterday's game, Kingdom Hearts. Where Donald just will not heal you. I've played a few hours of Kingdom Hearts. I have the remix with all the games on it, and then I also have Kingdom Hearts 3. And I've sunk time into all of them, but haven't, like, fully progressed. It's, like, weird, because it's, like, a game for babies, but babies wouldn't, like... I didn't understand what to do. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's let's pick today's game. There are 273 games remaining. Mm. So, Dan, would you like to... Dan, why don't you go ahead and pull up the deal? 273? And Eric, why don't you spin the wheel? Let's spin it four times. Spin that wheel. No whammies, no whammies. So it's toward the bottom. It's 252. Okay. Today's game will be Time Crisis. Ah, a light gun game. Classic. Mm-hmm. Do you have a light gun? Do no, I? My, no. My best friend did. And we actually played Time Crisis at his place. Time Crisis. That was weird because light, light guns had to change because uh, TVs and um, and uh, and video game consoles were different at that point because of inputs and stuff. So they had to have part of the gun has to had to plug into your video input. So the white plug had a, an attachment on it that it connected to the gun. So it knew where you were aiming on the screen. Whereas in the past, it was the screen would go black for a half for a fraction of a second. And if you shot where it was white and the reflection came back, you got a hit. That's how, yeah, that's how light guns worked. Back then. It's how Duck Hunt worked. Yeah, so and then you learned you could get a perfect score if you just aimed your Nintendo Zapper at the light. <laughs> what a cheater. I've never done that because by the time I learned that, it was way too late to try it. By the time you learned that the internet was a thing and we were already on a PS2. <laughs> Nearly on to PS3. That's <laughs> how I learned about it. Good God. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to about wrap us up this week, guys. A tribute to 1982, a very successful entertainment challenge. Congratulations to Nicole one more time. And, of course, some video games, one a day for the entire year of 2022. And a bunch of movies. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to do next week because apparently, fuck 1983. So we'll just do a... (laughs) <laughs> we'll just do a regular ass show next week and then we'll do two more tributes to two more years and then we'll just uh, I don't know I have no idea what the hell we're going to do I never know what we're going to do nobody knows what we're going to do until we Pretty do much it one of us or watches something and we can talk about it <laughs> yeah well Dan will rush Dan will reference up uh, 1984 for me and probably 1985 for Eric but 
We're still going to make Eric read that list because, you know, it's his year, man. So we do have a game idea for next week. Uh, Mr. Adrian Cotton came up with the idea, and he actually has a prize for it. So you guys might want to play this one. He's uh, Don't start submitting entries now, by the way. Don't do that. Don't be that person. Wait till I post the game on Monday evening, which I always do now. But Adrian's idea was to pick a fictional place that you do not want motivational vacations to send you. And whoever wins that week will receive a voucher from motivational vacations, you know, to not go to that place that you don't want to go to. So think about a place that you would not want a vacation planning service to send you to. And oh, and by the way, it's fictional, so don't come back and be like, <laughs> Somalia. No. I mean, Australia, maybe. Apparently, that's fictional, according to conspiracy well, What about, theories. like, South Africa, but in the movie District 8? District 9? Oh, and there's 8? I guess we're going to have to play that one by ear, because uh, we're still awarding the points. So, you know, just saying, uh, come up with some places that you don't want to go to. And remember, you're trying to pop us. So pop is in wrestling terminology, not ghetto terminology. Nobody pull a gun. You want us to cheer. You want us to award you the points. So pick something we're going to recognize. This is why this is why people always try to throw a Simpsons reference in there at me. But who knows? There are some good places on The Simpsons you could probably reference. So so keep that in mind. That will be the next game. That will go up on Monday. Also, a new episode of Motivational Moves Podcast will go up on Monday as well. Please check out all the other incredibly great programming here on CKCC Radio. Some of the new stuff that dropped this past week includes a new episode of Jay Bunny's Music Hub, where he reviews a gentleman by the name of Rob Uellis. From Generation Kill, Evolution Empire, and formerly of Fragile Mortals and Dirt Church. A new race nerd podcast has dropped called Melon Mania is Running Wild. Uh, Matt Hardman talks about the Bristol truck race. There's a fantastic April Fool's episode of Reviews by Jeff where he reviews clerks. You gotta check that one out. And of course, Ranking Tracks released... Foo Fighters, nothing left to lose because R.I.P. There's also the episode of Reviews by Jeff involving Willy's Wonderland. And of course, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, a new I Loved Mondays from Dan Peck, reviewing the Monday Night Wars, and a new A Show. The, uh, 1988 NWA was drawn between Jared Hawkins and Phil Stamper as the spring 2022 schedule continues on. Very important. I was scheduled to be on the A-Show this week. Uh, A-Show did have to be delayed due to a scheduling conflict with my opponent. But, so it might be a few days late, but we are going to get that one in the bank. So, check that out. And here, if I am successful, or if another Great Balls of Maven takes me out. 
What am I talking about? You'll just have to listen to the A Show to figure that out. That's one of the best episodes, by the way. Yeah, I almost lost that it week. Just it came out of nowhere. Yeah, and I almost lost. Still salty. Still salty about that. All right, so there you have it, guys. Uh, we've wrapped up another wonderful show. And I want to give a quick shout-out to our awesome partners out there. Tom Dickinson on the Watch Me Cook channel. Please go check him out. Please give a shout-out to our friends Blake and Sal. And my friend Anthony Blackwell Jr. over on the IWEP Network. Give him a shout-out as well. If you've got a trip to go, you can take that voucher and check out my buddy, Mr. Emerson A. Cotton at emersoncotton.intelatravel.com. Motivational vacations. Book your next vacation today. That ends the plugs. That ends the show. I got nothing else. Eric, you want to say something before we leave? Uh, Be excellent to one another. Indeed. Have a wonderful evening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your week. Go kick some ass. See you next time. This has been another episode of The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio. Check out all the shows at ckccradio.com and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.